What's up, you guys? Welcome to the August 17th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to break down an early mock draft. Uh, myself, Jonas Nader, and Ryan Kanas went, went through this draft with nine of uh, some readers and pod listeners. It was a pretty good time. With me to break it down is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? Uh, just enjoying the open draft rooms on ESPN. I think Yahoo might be open soon, so if you want to get some very early practice in, uh, you could head over there. Word of warning, I guess, as we'll talk about throughout this, uh, the pre-ranks right now are not very good. So, so <laughs> if you are if you are going to do a a mock, just make sure you've done some homework before you head in there. Yeah, definitely. If you're doing a mock, you can just the, that two-minute window they give you when it opens to when it starts. Scroll on down, stack up that queue. Um, so we'll talk about some guys that are down. Um, always much love to the ESPN guys. They are focused on football. So when football is done, they usually tweet guys, and guys that are in the 300s and 400s will come on up. But, I mean, uh, like Carpenter's the man. Um, I love all, McCormick's awesome. Obviously, Matt Barry. I watch his show every day. So we're not yeah. trying to diss them, but um, they, they yeah, got they got some... Andre Snellings as one of their fantasy uh, yeah. as of last year. They got, they got a lot of good guys. For sure. So let's delve into this thing here. Um, again, this is twelve team eight cat head to head, so a little bit weight, a little bit of weight for the end of the season. Um, I picked first. Jonas picked seventh. You picked eleventh. Um, and yeah, we'll kind of just go through. I do want to talk about a couple of players in particular that struck came came by surprise. Um, you and I, the last time we did a pod, and also full disclosure, uh, Ryan and I recorded yesterday, and we had some technical issues. So I guess like a chocolate covered pretzel, one good turn deserves another. So we're going to give it another try here. Um, but yeah, like we said, um, uh, Jonathan Isaac, man, you jumped on him. Um, you and I, uh, Jonas and I really talked him up a lot. And I was a little surprised to see you take him in the second pick of round six. Yeah. So, so 62. 62 overall. And honestly, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Um, he's really risen in my estimation. We saw last spring he started to really kind of turn it on. Uh, Post-break, he was a beast. Now, obviously, the offense wasn't there. Um, he averaged, what, uh, per 36 minutes, he was at under 10 points, shot 35% from the field, 71 from the line. Um, that's post-break. So huge issues there. But we did see serious growth during summer league. He looked a lot more comfortable as a go-to scorer. Um, he's obviously bulked up a little bit, which should help him uh, deal with some physicality, especially on drives and so forth. Now, what really s- sells me on him as a as a guy in the 60-70 range is the defensive stats. He's ridiculous. So I mentioned the post-break per 36-minute stats. He averaged uh, 6.2 boards, 1.63s, which is respectable. But the money stats are 3.3 steals and 2.2 blocks. And in the history of the NBA, going back to 1946 per basketball reference, the only players on a per 36-minute basis to average at least two steals and two blocks are David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon four times, and Gerald Wallace. And none of them averaged more than 0.3 three-pointers. As I just said, Isaac averaged 1.6 per 36. So just ridiculous i mean unparalleled upside so that's that's my case karolinko-esque mixing some yes, little yeah, little like, bit. i like that and he uh karolinko i think in his second season in the league averaged like 
two and a half blocks and 1.9 or 1.8 steals. So he was right on the cusp. Yeah. That was a, a, over a full season, his actual stats, not per, per 36. So, um, yeah, and, and, I mean, he was a fantasy beast for that span. So I'm, I'm hoping that with a little bit of offensive improvement, uh, Isaac could, could become a leap sooner than later. Yeah, he's going to play he, – I think he's going to start. Uh, I think they're going to play 48-2. to two. Bring Simmons or Ross off the bench. They really want to get him going. They want length. Obviously, Hammond there. Uh, and we really saw him kind of thrive in um, a face-up role. Almost almost too much. Like he almost, But he was ready for it. He took some really good shots off the dribble. It was one of the most impressive guys who didn't make any offensive impact. Even, you could say, a poor offensive impact last yeah. year. But, yeah. yeah, he really grew. Uh, obviously, he's in the gym all the time for what they're saying. He's working a ton. He's saying all the right things. Um, the ankle issue looks like it's behind him. That's probably my biggest concern. Uh, I'm not really too worried about the encore production. It's um, coming off a year like he did with the ankle injury, but he was never really healthy. Um, but now he has the whole offseason to get right. Obviously, he looked right in Vegas. So, yeah, I mean, as long as he keeps, if, if he does get hurt, like in the preseason or something, that'd probably knock him down pretty hard. Yeah, but, same here. Yeah, but for now, I mean, definitely a guy we're all keying in on. Um, you, the three of us, Jonas, myself, and you, apparently are going to be driving up his ADP, and he's at 356, I think, in ESPN. So definitely one guy you want to put in your queue. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if you're drafting with non-Rotor World people or people who don't follow us too closely, uh, or if anybody else likes Jonathan Isaac, I haven't really looked at other people's rankings yet. But, um, yeah, I mean, you could maybe sneak him round nine, yeah. depending on how. I, I don't know if I would ever wait past round seven or eight. Um, yeah. Just because I really believe in him. For again, for the defense, like him and yep. Jordan Bell could really. If you don't get blocks, like say you don't have Anthony Davis or Gobert or somebody like that, um, that that's a great guy to pick up. Uh, okay, so mentioned Gerald Wallace. Uh, one guy related to Gerald Wallace is who you took at the eleventh pick. That's Damian Lillard. The Nets traded for Gerald Wallace for the pick that turned out to be Damian Lillard. Uh, so that was quite. Yeah. That was one of the many many bad moves for the. Uh, Speaking of AK, uh, Prokhorov didn't really do the best job there as owner. But, um, yeah, I can't believe – I'll talk about some other picks. Um, just to run this down, first round, pretty standard stuff. Again, for ACAT, not many surprises. I went AD first, kind of obvious. Giannis, Harden, Cat, that's pretty much where, where you want to go, ACAT. Uh, LeBron Westbrook I would disagree with. I would have Jokic, who went seventh. Um, and then maybe Cur- – and then it went Durant, Curry, Embiid, Dame, Depot. Um, so those are pretty much – this, like Those are the 12 guys that I see going first round. It's just the order's a little bit different. Gobert sometimes is in there. Um, maybe Gobert for Embiid, but those that's pretty much your top 13, um, I think. And we'll talk about some others, but I mean, you had to be thrilled to get Dame. Obviously, Jonas getting Jokic at 7, I thought was a bargain. Yeah. Um, what else? So, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, that was a steal. Uh, Westbrook at 6, a little early. 8-cat eight, eight obviously helps him, but... Uh, I'd, I'd have taken Jokic, and I know you would have also. Mm-hmm. He was um, number 12 per game last year in 8-cat, so it's not like he's that great. Yeah, and Jokic was, what, number 4 after the break in 9-cat or something? Thing, I mean, yeah, he was number 3 after yeah, in the second half of the season for 9-cat. Right, and and he's only going to get better. So Yeah. Um, just just a terrific pick. I mean, if he falls yet 7, count your blessings. Yeah. Um, Joel Embiid went number 10 right before I took Lillard at 11. I don't hate that. I think Embiid's better at the turn in the 12 to 14 range, probably. But mm-hmm. you know, you could make the case even if you're counting Anthony Davis as a as a center eligible. You got Davis, 
Towns, Jokic, and then fourth best center on the board, Gobert or Embiid. Kind for, of a toss up for me. I don't know. Where, who would you take? There? I mean, you for like eight cat, I mean, you can make a good case for Embiid in an eight cat. Yeah, right. So I, I mean, nine cat, it's definitely it's Gobert for me. But eight cat, kind of go either way. I. I don't know. I would obviously I would take Dame, not even close, um, and I would take Depot, not even close in the situation. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could even make yeah. a case for, and yeah, that's probably where I would go. Even Donnie, eh. no, but yeah, I mean, like we said, uh, and also too the Kevin Durant Curry thing. Talked about this the last couple pods. Their schedule's good. They go five four five three four in the last three weeks. So when we're waiting for the rest guys, and they have I think four back, only four back to backs in the last month and a half of the season. So not terrible, but terrible news. So they're they're good now. Like I mean, if you're looking at just pure game, you know they're going to play a game. Like Curry would be top three. Yeah, and the Warriors haven't been too crazy about rest days. They, you know, the, the, there's always a lot of hand wringing and angst about what'll happen down the stretch, blah blah blah. But we haven't seen like prolific, prolonged uh, DMP CDs from the Warriors. So. I think a lot of that's somewhat overblown, especially as you mentioned with the the cushion of having so many, you know, such a favorable schedule down the stretch and so few back-to-backs, which the league has done a fantastic job limiting back-to-backs. Um, so that's really becoming a less and less of a factor now that they started the season earlier, you know, and just have found better ways to schedule. So I'm not too scared. I, I love Lillard, but I'd still take Curry before him, especially because of that uh, – that late schedule. Yeah, only three teams have 15 back-to-backs in the season. It's the Wizards, Hornets, Jeez. and Knicks. Yeah, yeah. and great. a bunch of teams have 12 and through 13 or 14. A bunch of teams have that too. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, again, they, they did a great job. Um, they cut down on the four games and five nights again as well. Yep. But anyways, yeah, um, pretty much, like I said, pretty standard first round. We're going to see a lot of that. Uh, and then on the way back, you, t- you t- had a little bit of a, a surprise. Their next two picks were surprises to me. Um, you took... <laughs> Donovan Mitchell at 14. Um, I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, personally, I would have taken Jimmy Butler. Um, and then Paul George. I think I, those are the two guys I would take over Mitchell. But then he's right there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it might have been a little bit of a reach. But I, I love Donovan Mitchell. I think he's going to have an awesome season. I mean, you rarely see rookies play as well as he did. And with a year of experience under his belt, the team's clearly his. I, yeah, I think he's going to be great. I also, th- there just aren't that many compelling shooting guards in the middle rounds and even late rounds for me. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Josh Hart and a couple others, but, you know, maybe Lou Williams is a guy that people tend to sleep on. You can kind of steal. Uh, you took Gary Harris later. I love that. But it, it makes me want to reach almost for a guy like Beal, Devin Booker, uh, Donnie Mitch or Oladipo. So Oladipo had just come off the board. I wanted to fill that shooting guard spot with a stud, and so now I've got uh, a star fantasy backcourt and Lillard and Mitchell, and I figured I'd build from there. Yep, uh, definitely can't knock it at all. But I mean, he's gonna—he's a second-round player. Like, there's no question, especially Acat. And to yeah. add to your point too, this time, this time last year, I remember so many pods. We were like, okay, Donovan Mitchell looks so so good, but how's he gonna get his minutes? Uh, he got his minutes. He's got a role. Like imagine that. I mean, he can only get better now that he knows what his role is, being the star of the team, uh, at least perimeter-wise. So yeah, I'm down. Um, Kawhi at 15. Uh, you really, I can't sign off on that. Um, and an eight cat. We talked about all the risk. I mean, even if like peak, like we talked about, like best case scenario for Kawhi, if he has a perfect preseason, and you're not concerned about resting and all that, like 
he tops out in a nine cat at 12. So factor in the eight cat factor, you're looking at mm, 16, 17, 18, best case scenario. So I don't know. It's just too much risk to take there. Especially, like I said, I would easily have taken Jimmy Butler and Paul George over him. Yeah, I prefer Paul George. Just a lot safer. Um, yeah, I might have even... Yeah, I don't know. Kawhi is just so risky. And especially drafting right now, before we've really seen him on the court, before we know where his head's at in terms of playing with Toronto. There's just so many... You know, we've said over and over on the pod, and it's not going to change until training camp comes and the preseason comes and we've seen him play. It's just too big of a question mark. Why pass up, as you said, some a super safe play like Jimmy Butler, Paul George, you know, you could throw a couple other guys in there. Um, I don't, I don't see the upside as worth the risk Yep. And at 15. Are you, we haven't really talked about this yet. Jimmy Butler getting traded. Would you, if he gets, tra- we've had this issue last year. We were like, Oh, he has to figure out his role with T Wiggins and cat. And he did like, it took him a couple months or month, um, you know, four or five weeks. But then December came on, he was like a top three, four player. So, are we worried about possibly getting traded to lose value or anything? No, just because it's also speculative. I mean, yes, he turned down the extension, but the extension was pretty much just a formality. They knew he was going to turn it down. He yeah, could make get like fifteen more million a year. It, yeah. yeah, he can make a ton more money next year. So that it was a formality. That doesn't really worry me. Um, obviously, Tibbs is going to play him until his knees turn to dust. So I'm not worried about his minutes. I. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to let that dissuade me. Yeah. And then we also talked about Drew Holiday, who I mentioned. The Pelicans' schedule is terrible. Uh, them and the Nets have the worst pl- uh, playoff schedule. Uh, it's ugly. So I knocked Drew down. Had it been, um, and, you know, if everyone had the even an evenly balanced schedule, then I would have probably said Drew was right there with Donnie Mitch and Paul George and Jimmy Butler. But, I, I mean, I would probably take... Uh, CP3 or somebody like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it yeah. still wasn't a bad pick. And, I mean, if he fell to me at, at the turn at 24-25, uh, I would have had to have pounced. Yeah, one – I love head-to-head. It's it's a lot of fun going against different owners, you know, me versus Jonas one week, <laughs> me, you versus Jonas the next, stuff like that. It's fun to go, go clash. But stuff like that is one reason – I, I still love Roto because I want to take the players I'm most excited about. I want to take the guys I think are going to have fantastic seasons and and can carry you from day one till you know mid mid April. And Drew Holiday is one of those guys. But as you said, because of the arbitrary nature of the schedule, where the Pelicans just happen to have a bad late season schedule, suddenly you have to knock them down and you might not have them on your team. Um, so that's a bit of a shame in terms of the head to head format, but. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, it's a very real concern if you are in a head-to-head league. You you almost have to knock uh, knock them down. And two, yeah, two things. Uh, and also, the late season rest has made a great case for switching to roto. Uh, it's just been it's been brutal. Yeah. Uh, for all the, all these guys that are just getting games off. Um, and then also, um, what else did I want to say? Uh, anyways, um, moving on. And Devin Booker, I thought was a really good pick uh, at twenty three. Um, I would have definitely considered him there. Um, I mean, he's going to be in a brilliant spot. There's not much talent around him, so I definitely like him. And also Ben Simmons, just to run. We, we won't run the whole draft down just because it'll take way too long. But second round went Gobert, Donnie, Kawhi, Jimmy, Ben. Jonas got Paul George. That was a steal. Drummond. Drummond with Westbrook. I don't I don't really like that tandem. Um, if you're going to take – like had it been LeBron and Drummond, I would have definitely – I would have liked that for sure. Um, but anyways, 
uh, Drew, CP3, John Wall, Devin Booker, and then I took Kyle Lowry as the last pick. What What do you think about any anything else there that jump out at you uh, in this round? Just I don't think we explicitly said this, but I would every time take Paul George before Jimmy Butler. Uh, and before Ben Simmons, and before Kawhi Leonard. So, yeah, I think Jonas got a real steal with Paul George there. Um, I considered him for sure uh, in, in place of Donovan Mitchell. It was more a positional thing for me, but, um, yeah, I, I don't see any case, really, for taking Kawhi or Jimmy or Ben Simmons ahead of him. So, wait, are you not on the Jimmy train? Am I not on it? Yeah. Uh, he just makes me a little nervous with the uh, – I mean, he's coming off knee surgery from last mm-hmm. season – I, I'm, again, I'm not really worried about the trade, but I just think, you know, he's a strong player, but Paul George has fewer concerns, and I just, I'd rather take him. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I think, well, Jimmy has the higher upside, though. Yeah, by a by a hair. Yeah? Yeah. I think it's a decent amount. Decent amount. I mean, obviously, Paul George has a way higher floor. I mean, take away that whole leg fracture thing. I mean, he's pretty durable. Yeah, I mean, top 15 last season Jimmy Butler was top 12 so it's it's not that huge of a separation yeah me. I'm checking one thing here I'm surprised I haven't checked this yet um <clears throat> so yeah man this is good um so splits with Paul George with Carmelo uh so with Par- Carmelo on the floor 22.5 without Carmelo guess how high is this points per game no usage rate sorry uh, oh, without Mello, probably yeah. 28. 33.1. <laughs> yeah, so that may that may uh, factor in some things. But yeah, he's he's a steal. Like, yeah. I, will, I will gladly take him. Him or Jim, I'm, that's probably um, a tough one for me. But yeah, based on that, that's that's pretty sweet stuff. Let me see what his per 36s are going to be in a second. Um, yeah, I'd take 9-cat or 8-cat. I think I'd take Paul George every yeah. time. I think nine cap for sure. Hold on, let me see what his uh, per thirty six is without Melo on the floor. One second. Oh man, uh, twenty six points compared to twenty with uh, five boards, three point three assists, two point five steals, three point three threes. Oh my god. Yeah. So okay, I think I just sold myself on. We, do you help me sell on him? Yeah. Like, would yeah, okay knowing yeah. that knowing that would you have taken him over? Donnie Mitch. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is also one of the first mocks I've really, right. really done, other than the Dino mock. So I'm, you know, I'm still feeling my way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think in retrospect, I probably should have taken Paul George. Yeah, and I, his 43 percent shooting last year was down from 46 the year before. So if he can get that up, just another year of comfort playing alongside Westbrook. He also took a weird hit in free throw percentage he went from 90 percent basically to 82 percent so that's going to come up uh i think everything's trending in the right direction for george absolutely in his prime at 28 years old uh yeah he's gonna have a huge year yeah i'll probably add to that that i think some of that's a little bit skewed because some of those minutes were probably without anthony and westbrook so keep that in mind but i mean he still could be 27 28 29 usage rate which is pretty good for a guy that's i expect to be pretty Productive and also his free throw weight went up considerably too. He went eight. He went to the line eight times per thirty six without Mello, and we're talking about an eight hundred fifty minute sample. And um, I mean, the Thunder could be starting Andre Robertson, Jeremy Grant, and Stephen Adams. So other than what I mean, Westbrook's a usage monster, but mm-hmm. Paul George is going to be carrying some some weight. So 
Yeah, I mean, roughly you're talking, what, 35 for Westbrook, 15 for Adams, 15 for Grant, 10 for Robertson. Yeah. So, you're, yeah, you're talking about 30 or so remainder yeah. there. So, yeah, we definitely like him. Okay. We didn't talk this much about Paul George the first take. So, um, yeah, take two. There you go. Um, um, third, I took Bradley Beal. I was pretty happy with that. Um, like, I did three mocks yesterday. Um, or, sorry, Wednesday. And uh, I got Donnie Mitch in round three in all of them. Um, so, but I was happy with Beal. I mean, I like Beal just as much as like Mitchell. It's pretty close. Yeah, but, I was gonna say, to, to get Beal almost, you know, a full round later, basically 10, 10 or twelve picks later, uh, it's a steal. Yeah, um, and also too, had I not had Anthony Davis, I was strongly considering Miles Turner, who went. Third pick, second, uh, third pick, third round. I uh, thought that was a great pick. Uh, he went Harden, Wall, Turner. I'm not a big Wall guy, but you get two guards. You've got to go big there. Uh, I think Miles Turner or, or Clint Capella um, were the guys, especially if you have Harden and Wall. Get yourself a really strong free throw shooter, and you're chilling in that category. Um, I saw a video of Turner. He had his like ankle over his head um, doing yoga. I mean, he's all about this, and... Yeah, I mean, flex, I don't really know, but I feel like there's a correlation between guys who are more flexible and staying healthy. So I like to see that. Um, but yeah, I'm taking Turner. If, unless I have Anthony Davis, I'm taking Turner in round three pretty much all day. Yeah, and he he's one of those post-hype guys who you could probably get in round three in most drafts, and I think that's a perfect place to take him because this yeah. is a guy with top 20 upside. He's He checks all the boxes for Fantasy Center. Um, and just quickly on your point, absolutely, I think flexibility and health go hand in hand. Um, you know, just if, if your joints are flexible, your hips are flexible, you're you're less likely to strain a muscle and so forth. Yep. Um, and yeah, so and even had this been a, a nine cat draft, I may have taken Turner at the Turner. Um, no. <laughs> what, what, yeah. Um, but yeah, but since it was eight cat, I really wanted to get some good guards in there. That's kind of yeah. my reasoning there. Um, Jonas had another steal. Uh, he got Kemba all the way at the seventh pick in the third round for eight cat. That's stupid. Like he should have. I I almost took him over Beal. Um, but like to your point, I was saying like I really want to get a shooting guard here. But um, yeah, Kem- Kemba is going to be really good. I think Borrego really is going to make him do damage. I'm not worried about Tony Parker at all. They're going to still. I mean, they're going. They want to talk. They talked about closing with Parker, but that'll be next to Kemba. Um, so yeah, I expect Kemba to have a big, big season. I'm not too worried about the possible trade stuff. Uh, and if he gets traded, I feel like he gets traded to a good spot. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Kemba. Yeah, I think Jonas was in a perfect spot here because other than the one, one of the twelve teams was auto draft. Every other team already had a point guard at that point. So all the teams who picked in round three before him had, you know, you had just taken Lowry. Um, actually, one of the teams didn't. They had Devin Booker as their only guard. John Wall, Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, Westbrook. So all those teams wound up taking big men, uh, Draymond Green, Kevin Love, people like that. And Walker just fell to Jonas at, I think, pick 31 or something, which is a terrific spot. Yeah, I still – I I, I, don't, I, I couldn't believe that. But anyways, yeah, um, we talked about nobody wants Kyrie. Yeah, no. We don't need to off. talk about that. Um, kind of off from there. Yeah, I'm not touching Kyrie at all. Um, too much when you're GM saying like, "Oh, you can't play 75 games." Like, eh, that's not exactly the yeah. most ringing endorsement. Uh, Middleton was a steal, obviously. I'm going to be drafting Middleton a bunch. Um, ESPN has him down pretty low, and then we get to a 
pretty big surprise here, especially for an eight cat. Pick thirty five. You took uh, the man of the summer that we talk about probably more than anyone that we talked about. That's Jared Allen at 35. Um, go ahead and explain yourself. Well, hey, I was kind of pushing the envelope just, just seeing. Uh, it's a mock in mid-August, and I was seeing what the reaction would be. Universally, I think everyone thought it was too early. It probably was, frankly. That's, that's No, it wasn't. As, as I said the first time, that might be a ceiling, and you you, you said he has no ceiling. No ceiling. He's like a, he's like a convertible. <laughs> yeah. But... My justification would be that he was the best center on the board at that time. Um, the only other options, Dwight. So four picks later, Dwight Howard goes off the board. Five picks later, Al Horford. Um, you know, later you see DeAndre Ayton, uh, Stephen Adams, Marcus All, Hassan Whiteside, Nikola Vucevic. So there's some solid players in there, and like Vuce was a steal. He went much later. Um, Whiteside, I, I'm I'm not totally against. Whatever. But to me, Jared Allen was, is the best center of that bunch. I think he's got the highest uh, fantasy ceiling. We still don't quite know what he's capable of, but we've seen flashes of total dominance uh, fantasy-wise. So, yeah, I, I, I wanted a center. I needed a center. I had two elite guards. I wanted blocks. I wanted someone who wouldn't drag down my free throw percentage that I had uh, built up with Lillard and Donnie Mitch. So I took Jared Allen. Yeah, I mean, the last two months of the season, he was – pretty much close to that um he was in the last three months he was a six-round player and that was with 22 minutes a game yeah so you know do the math if you get him to 26 27 yeah. talking about you know 15 percent boost maybe um and plus i and plus i've said this too they're going to use him so much in pick and roll he's going to probably be close to 60 percent right. from the field if he shoots from the line again like easily can hit that uh, valuation point like I could seriously he easily has top 25 upside especially nine cat but even an eight cat he does yeah and he gets to the line pretty frequently yep. um you know per 36 after the break 3.9 times per game which is uh more than Clint Capella it's more than you know a uh, bunch of other centers comparable and he makes his free throws so I like that and the Nets are obviously going to use him a lot as you said in pick and rolls but just in general they they moved on from Dwight Howard because they didn't want him to be the mentor for Jared Allen. They brought in Ed Davis as just a quality veteran sort of mentor who can play minutes in the high teens behind Jared Allen. So, uh, yeah, it's all pointing in the right direction. Again, too early, 35. In no sense am I thinking that you should take him there, any listeners. <laughs> um, it's more just an aspirational kind of pick and where I think he you know, he might end up fantasy-wise, but not, not necessarily where he'll be going in drafts. Yeah, he he wouldn't have made it back to you. Like you, you, had, you wanted a big there. Um, yeah, you went small, small. So you knew you were taking one there. He was the best available. Yep. Don't let it risk. Don't risk it. If the guy behind you picks him, then you're kind of screwed. And one more thing, um, in April, we're talking six game sample, but three point two blocks per game in twenty five minutes. So um, yeah, yeah, go. that's salivation kind of stuff. Um, let's see what else we got here. You took J- Tobias pretty much as safe as it gets at that at that point. Um, yep. I don't even it pretty much yeah Tobias around four is totally cool um, what else we, do you think we, we, we gotta start flying on this draft yeah it's for gonna be, sure it's, it's gonna be 90 minutes long yeah man um, <laughs> yeah, oh my god um, alright so let's see what else we can t- uh, mix in here I mean we can just do it in two parts actually now that I think yeah, about it I could do, we should do that There's yeah to talk about. That's, yeah let's do that actually so let's finish up this last couple rounds here um, let's see we got 
Jonas took clay. We talked about this kind of at length in the first time, the first take. Um, ESPN shout out, I guess. I don't watch that show, but anyways, um, yeah, I'm not especially eight cat. I can't take clay there. Um, and you know, we kind of gave Jonas some of the business uh, for saying that clay was the safest warrior. Uh, sure, he's safer than Curry, maybe even Draymond. I don't think he's safer than Kevin Durant by any stretch of the imagination. You factor into Marcus Cousins, who's a usage beast. Um, mid-30s, that's obviously coming down. But, um, yeah, Clay needs to score, man. Uh, he's not going to give you big assists. He's not really going to be a big, big rebounder. It's not. He's solid in defense, but he's not like a defensive impact like, say, a Jonathan Isaac. But, yeah, I, I'm not. I can't take Clay. I can't. I mean, there's too much There's too much talent on the board there. Uh, like we said in the, last, in the first take, um, DeRozan, Porter, Hayward, and Tatum all went right behind. Jonas, and then CJ McCollum won a pick before. Um, I would easily take any of those names I said. Um, even going further than that, um, like I would rather have Jamal Murray. I took Gary Harris at the yeah. turn. I would re- much rather have him. Uh, I mean, maybe this yeah. is a hot take, but I mean, I may take Tareen Prince over Clay. I yeah. got him in round I mean, six. That's, that's kind of reasonable, especially because this is eight cat. So Clay only turned the ball over 1.8 times per game last year. Which is great in nine cat, but doesn't matter in this format. Yeah. Um, so that that bumps him down. Um, he shoots eighty four percent from the line, better than that some years. Uh, but last year he got to the line how many times per game? One point three. So that basically has no weight. It's it's you know it, it's meaningless. Um, doesn't get many steals. Obviously, doesn't block the shot, doesn't get many assists. So, as you said, he needs to score, and particularly needs to hit three pointers, three three point one per game last year. Now, that's great, but I it's so easy. I say this all the time, but it's really easy to find three pointers late in the draft. It's easy to find three pointers on the waiver wire. There's always some dude who can knock down two threes that's available. So, I don't want a player who thirty percent of their value comes from three pointers, uh, especially with like a top fifty pick. So. Uh, sorry, Jonas, but <laughs> but yeah, I'm not not into Clay there. Yeah, I mean, he was a fourth rounder per game last year, um, and he's in a worse situation this year. So I just don't see how. Yeah, kind of made my point. Sorry, Jonas, you killed your first three picks though. Um, but um, yeah, I, so let's see what else we talked about. I mean, those those wings we mentioned. That's pretty much where they're gonna go. I'm not really taking Hayward though, um, not because I'm not in on. Um, uh, Clay or anybody, I'm off both of them. Um, so at the turn for me, um, I was really pleased to get Gary Harris at the turn. I thought for sure someone was going to snap him up, but I got him. Yeah. Um, and then John Collins, um, there's no chance he would have made it back to me, so I was happy to get him. So that gave me my second big. I don't need the defense um, with Anthony Davis already there, so I thought he was a really, really great fit for my team. That should be strong in percentages, and yeah, he's going to add some threes. He's going to be pretty well rounded. Wouldn't be surprised if the assists come up just a shade. If his fouls stay down, like he could be a top thirty guy. Yeah, I love. I mean, Gary Harris was on ninety percent of my teams last year. <laughs> he was he was my boy. Uh, I unfortunately I don't think that'll be the case this year because, um, like I I mean I I thought you it was a terrific pick for you right there. I was maybe hoping that somehow he would fall to me uh, in this round, but no, it wasn't it wasn't to be. But yeah, he's he's just awesome. I, I see top 40 written all over him, really. Yep. Uh, and I consider Jamal Murray. Again, the Nuggets schedule is uh, pretty good. But I'm a, I'm a more concerned, I've said this before, I'm more concerned about IT affecting Murray than Harris. Had IT not went to the Nuggets, I would have probably taken Murray. 
but I think there's going to be times when IT's hot and he's going to take minutes from either Barton, who they like to put in the late in games a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Both Malone and, and Barton have said multiple times, like, I want to be out there when it's money time. Um, and we've seen even when IT wasn't there, we would see um, Murray lose some minutes at times, whether they would go too bigs or whatever it is. So, yeah. Um, def- but I'm fine. McMurray went three, four picks later. Uh, I, I'm fine with that. Like I definitely considered him. Um, Isaiah Thomas, a little bit of a reach. I, I rather like Thomas, maybe around like seven, round eight. I mean, he's off the mm-hmm. bench. He's not going to be too much of a, a magnet for fantasy value. So I, I thought that was pretty good. Um, uh, I, I like him again. That was just too early. I mean, you're looking at, um, I mean, it, he obviously was looking for positions. Um, but to pass on... Lou Williams or Eric Bledsoe, I think that's a mistake. Um, you took Bledsoe. You got him a steal. Um, ESPN <laughs> has him, I think, at 84, 82, something yeah, like that. Yeah, no love for EB. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I, I mean, I guess he's overshadowed by, by Giannis and Middleton, and there's a lot of weapons in Milwaukee, but Bledsoe was awesome last year. He played, I think I, I said this last time, but I, I was just guessing. Uh, yeah, he played... 74 games so he was you know staying healthy um i just love i love what he could do he was a top 40 guy after the break last year i see no reason he can't duplicate that so i'd, I'd happily take him as you as you said lou williams went before him isaiah thomas went before him d'angelo russell mike conley coming off major injury jamal murray with a little bit of concern about it behind him i would take Bledsoe before all those guys so i was thrilled when he fell to me he's not i think Giannis obviously kind of caps his upside but on the flip side of that, like, well, I used to watch Bledsoe in his early Phoenix days. It'd be like, yo, this guy's got to dial up back. He's going to get hurt. But now he doesn't. He plays a little bit more passive than he used to. Um, so credit to that. Again, that's going to cap his upside. But being 28, um, he did have that meniscus issue multiple times. Um, so that does scare me a little bit. But, I mean, you have to take him there, especially in an 8-cat eight, uh, eight league. Like, you need a point guard. He was easily the best player available. I would take Lou Williams over Eric Bledsoe. What about you? Yeah. He went one pick before. No, I mean, last two months of, of last season, Bledsoe averaged 19 points on 51% shooting, 83% from the line, uh, six assists, four boards, two steals a game, over half a block. That's top 15 value per, per B-Ball Monster. I mean, mm. he's just in such a perfect spot where he can be super efficient. As you said, he's, he's not quite as wrecking ball you know throwing himself into the lane in danger of getting injured sort of stuff um he's just a stat stuffer he's like kyle lowry-esque when he's really on his game so i'm i'm heavily into blood so especially if he's falling outside of the top 50 give him to me every time let's see who else we could um so you would obviously take him over conley over dar over it um yeah, I don't know whether they're comparable because there's yeah. a kind of big, big, big gap there, and then suddenly you're up to Kemba and Kyrie and so forth. Yeah, I take. A, I don't know. Would I take? No, nah, I gotta take Kyrie. <laughs> I would take Bledsoe over Kyrie. Yeah, is maybe. that crazy? I don't know. Kyrie is. He's like he's such a gamble because of the health, but yeah. the ups the upside is a little too tempting. Maybe he I'd wasn't probably, that good last year either. Like he was good, yeah, but he, he wasn't was like pretty incredible. good before the injury. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, anyway. But he was Plenty like, of time to debate this. For sure. I mean, he was 15 per game in 8-cat. Like, that's good, but, I mean, for the risk that he has, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's not going to play 70 games this year. I think Bledsoe has a pretty good shot at it. Yeah. A new system, number Jabari, even though uh, his numbers haven't been really reflected that he's going to be better, but it's looking pretty good. Yeah. How do you feel quickly, uh, well, before we get out of this round, 
Mike Conley went, and then six picks later, five picks later, Mark Gasol went. How do you feel about the Grizzlies vets this this season? Any There's any optimism or only one Grizzly player I'm targeting? We'll talk about him probably. In the, actually, we'll probably end on that because uh, I'm gonna probably do the second half with Jonas or something. Okay. But um, now nah, I mean I can't take him. Tommy got Conley at like 78 in the first mock we did, um, like in June before that um and yeah NBA draft. Yeah, so I'm cool with that, but. I mean, before sixty, even in an eight cat, I think it's a shade early. Like I said, I, you can't, I, I can't take him over Bledsoe or Lou Williams. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I, I guess I'd rather have D'Angelo as well, and, and I would rather have Dejounte uh, over Conley. That's yeah, a hot take or I'm not? Actually, I'm actually with you there, Conley. I'm just a little too scared of him after last year. Yeah. So two things I, I want to end on here before we go to the second half. I guess hopefully with Jonas. Um, Two guys I wanted to talk about. One we hinted at, that's Kyle Anderson. You took him, um, what was it, eighth round? Ninth round? Uh, Anderson? Eight, yeah. For second pick, eighth yeah. round. Yep, number 86 overall. Yeah, so you were, and I knew you were in on him, but I thought you would wait one more turn. You had to, had to pounce on him. Yeah, that was one of those kind of, you know, as you say, planting your flag sort of things. I, I think, and I've said before, Anderson basically anywhere in the 75 range, I, I'll take him every time. So there he was at, what did I just say, 86 or something, 83. Um, yeah, so I was I was more than happy. if You know, if you're coming up on 100 and Kyle Anderson is there, he's just such a versatile player. I've said before on the pod that he's he's in a perfect spot with Memphis. I think he's gonna his minutes are going to be a career high. And he just—he's just a quiet roto sort of stud who flies under the radar. So I think if you're looking for someone in the late middle rounds uh, who you could really, really aggressively look for in every draft, I think Kyle Anderson will be there for you. And my favorite thing is multiple position flexibility. And the Grizzlies say they want to play him at four positions. Nice. So, yep. um, yeah, there I love—I love hearing that, especially for a team that's not too deep. Um, and again, much like Isaiah, he could take minutes from a number of guys. Uh, obviously, Chandler Parsons is done. Um, so yeah, Kyle Anderson is in a phenomenal spot, and we definitely are going to give him a lot of love. Um, one other thing, you and I, the last pod uh, that we did together, the not the one we actually posted, um, was uh, we both talked up to Jonte Murray. So you and I both really like him, and Jonas took him uh, in the middle of round six. Um, so I, again, I thought that was a great pick, and I thought Rubio right behind him was really good too. Uh, yeah, I would also take yeah. Rubio over Conley and Dar, but um, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean on Dejounte for sure. I think he's going to really boost his scoring. His shot selection really, really grew last year. I really like that. The steals, he's probably got two in the bag. Could lead the league in that category. Um, minutes are going to be there. Obviously, no more Tony Parker. They're ready to set him loose. I, I love his offseason. Um, he's been really, I, you know, we kind of overblow these, oh, he's in the gym all the time kind of things. But I kind of buy it. For a guy that was as raw as he is, um, he's kind of angry. And he knows it's his team now. So yeah, it's all it's all coming up roses for him. Yeah, you, you, you said it on DeJounte. And him and Rubio, that's that was a good little one-two punch there in the middle of this round. Um, I honestly think I'd take Rubio just because he, you know, he really struggled early last year trying to adjust to to his new role with Utah and so forth. But he took off late in the season, mm-hmm. the final three months. I mean, he was phenomenal. The efficiency improved. Um, just really, really hit his groove with Donovan Mitchell and so forth. And he also provides obviously the elite steals and assists, which 
you love because it's very hard, the, sort of the opposite of three-pointers, it's very hard to find a lot of assists on the waiver wire or even late in drafts. So you could lock up a guy who's going to give you eight-plus assists just in the bank. Um, I'll take that. And Murray, Murray's assists are probably the one deficit in his game. We're going to see that go up this year, but yeah. um, I wouldn't expect it to be anywhere near elite or even mm. average maybe for a point guard. Um, so that's just one reason I'd probably take Rubio before him. And I'm with you. I'd take either of these guys before IT, before uh, Conley. And honestly, because I'm too concerned about the percentages, I'd probably take him before D'Angelo Russell. Yep. And and, and I'm more concerned about his injury risk for D'Angelo. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah, yeah, he'll be bad for field goal percentage for sure. But not, not that I'm against D'Angelo. Um, I would have liked yeah. to have waited. But another another good pick, Jonas. So we could uh, make up for bashing his clip. <laughs> yeah, there were only two two picks I didn't really like, or three that I didn't really like of his. But I'm sure you could take shots at. So actually, who didn't who didn't you like on my on, who do you think was my worst pick? Your worst pick? Oh, I haven't given it any thought. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I liked all those. Yeah, I like all yours well, too. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Like I can't even take take umbrage with wendell carter because you got him in round seven yeah i guess i would say donovan mitchell for you just because after what we did with paul george yeah a little early uh i mean will barton was a steal you'll get into this next time maybe trey young i'm not super sold on him um round 10 point guard eight cat i mean that's pretty much just a positional thing rogier if Kyrie stays healthy you're probably going to end up cutting him two months into the season yeah for sure and dj augustine was a, a surprise. I don't hate yeah. it just because there's no depth there. So he's, I mean, someone's got to play minutes, but um, very yeah, unme, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought you'd be taking a shot on, you know, Harry Giles or some, I don't know, some rookie. But, Needed point guard, man. Eight cat. I yeah, gotta have my uh, point guards. Eh, nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so we'll get out of here on that. We'll go over the rest of this draft the next time. Uh, and maybe Steve, maybe Tommy, get some fresh eyes unbiased eyes on this draft but it was a lot of fun and you and i are going to do a lot more so follow us on twitter he's at nas underscore rw i'm like s gallagher we will be tweeting all sorts of mocks and again once yahoo probably puts out their room we'll probably be on there a little bit more often because i know um we do a lot of their news analysis so that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah for sure uh, yeah and also oh, we didn't talk about deandre eight in round five but that was a great pick just to put that out there Yes, especially with, as I had mentioned, around that point, the centers really started to dry up. So. For sure. I was considering um, him instead of uh, Gary Harris or John Collins, but I had to take those two guys. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So we're out of here on that. You guys enjoy your weekend, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for coming on, man. Sure thing.